I don't like to be cold. I don't like to fall down at a high speed. And I just don't like a lot of stuff. There's too much stuff. Skiing's just not going to be for me ever. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Strawberry banana. Hey, Please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their defense is atrocious. I'm the rock star. is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love no playing here. Oh, man, oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just hit me right now. Shut up and listen. You, you think you're better than me? <laughs> All right, we're back. Uh, Squish FM, Chris Mudalkin, and Ben Crab. Ben, it's the holiday season right now when I'm talking to you. So I hope you mm-hmm, and your family mm-hmm. are having a nice time being together on the East Coast here. We've had a bunch of uh, snow the last couple of weeks. So it it was a white Christmas, Ben. It was a yeah, white Christmas. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a white Christmas. Yeah, no, ben, it has it, been a white Christmas. It, it, it was a white Christmas. It was in the past. It continues to be a white Christmas. Oh, of course. Yes. Yes. yes that's what I yes, meant. Yeah. Yes. Because we are recording this episode, Ben, um, after Christmas Day. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had a great just, Christmas. I hope you had a great Christmas, Chris. Oh, it was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hear Frank in the background, uh, you know, shaking, shaking a little bit. I, I feel like he's uh, <laughs> probably enjoying all, all the, the great dog presents that he got. Of course. How could he not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, man, it, I was thinking it's both like very normal and strange to be talking about the NBA around Christmas time right now, you know, because obviously yeah. like, the NBA being on TV has always been a tradition. Obviously, you know, usually we're like 30 something, 40 something games into the season um, by this point. Yeah. So like the games that are that are on air on Christmas Day are always these like marquee matchups between the kind of like the prime teams that that we mm-hmm, know are mm-hmm. going to be really good. Your, your playoff previews, your rivalries, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's already yeah. like so many kind of like you know, storylines that are that are that are kind of already in motion right. by that point. But at this point we are I don't know, less than a week, maybe a week into the NBA season, we're just like barely learning about these new teams and the new iterations of the team. So it's it's very strange uh, from that standpoint just to be like watching NBA on Christmas Day and like really just kind of figuring out who these guys are and how they play together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think it's like really kind of sad and strange and also exciting too that we have basketball back in our lives. Kind of all the things that we've been talking about for I think months now that mm-hmm. uh, with respect to COVID, it's just very strange to be a a fan of anything much really but especially the nba which is a entertainment product so it's like both like very uh you know great and exciting to have the nba back in our lives that we can watch sports and also like very horrible and sad uh considering how many people have obviously gotten sick and died in this country and in the world from uh covid19 so uh, counterpoint, Chris. Uh, everything is great, and um, basketball is awesome. Dunks oh, wow. are, are really cool. Um, back uh, behind the back passes, uh, 
between the leg dribbles. They're all awesome, and I deserve all this entertainment. And I uh, am just uh, 100% grateful and happy um, that uh, that finally I get something uh, fun to watch on my television. It's so crazy. I was really being like having this like whole like self introspective, you know, just really taking stock of the moment. Uh, And then then you just say that, and it's like it just washes over me. And I'm like, no, you're right. Yeah, no, dude, dude, chill out. Everything's awesome. It's all it's all great. Just please just close your eyes turn your mind off yeah yeah. and uh let's talk let's talk some hoops baby let's talk some hoops let's quickly talk some business ben it's the holiday season the higher-ups uh spoke to you on christmas day ben um yeah again which which has passed that is the past tense and unfortunately ben you got a talking to a a bit of a withering uh, reprimand yeah, yeah, did not did not go great. Um, I'll just say I don't want to you know get too into it. Uh, I don't want to you know um, sort of uh, depress our, our listeners uh, with uh, mm. with with this uh, dreary business talk. But yeah, suffice to say, it uh, wasn't really all I was hoping for. Um, and uh, you know what what can I say? All all I can say is that I will try harder. Um, OTL Inc. I apologize for my performance this past year. And I will do better. Uh, and I thank you. I thank I thank them. And I uh, and I I just want to um, just express my gratitude to them for holding me accountable, um, which I think is really important, and for teaching me uh, that I that I need to be better. Um, and I will be better. That's my my solemn oath. There's a really easy way. Uh, if you listen to the show, you could satiate our corporate masters. Uh, that's by leaving us a positive review in Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. It goes a long way. Um, and yeah, helps us out a lot. And uh, if you haven't heard in previous episodes, we're, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Swish FM Radio. Uh, follow us there. As Ben has mentioned in the past, doesn't matter what you tweet, doesn't matter what kind of photos you post. You'll get an mm-hmm. automatic follow back, uh, no questions asked. It's a quid yep. pro quo, and uh, yeah, that's it. We love hearing from you guys. All right, Ben, yeah. with that said, what we wanted to do today was um, talk a little bit about fantasy basketball, which is something that we both play, and we recently completed our uh, fantasy basketball draft, and since the fantasy draft is now in the rear view, we thought it would be a little bit safer for us to speak to one another about um, <laughs> just how it went and just fantasy basketball in general because we know a lot of our audience, our listeners, uh, also play fantasy basketball and enjoy it. So I thought sure. it might be uh, a real simple, easy thing for us to just basically look at our draft from last night. We are on a 14 team. Wait, wait, wait. By last night, you mean uh, well oh. over a week ago. No, excuse me. Uh, weeks yeah. ago. I mean, this is this yeah, pre- yeah. Cru- this <laughs> pre-Christmas. Our draft, our draft occurred on, on uh, Sunday night, uh, December 20th, which God. was uh, several, several, several days ago, Jesus. many, many days ago. I, mean, um, is... I can barely remember it. It was so long ago, but I can barely we're going to go back. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna go back and do a little a um, a much belated, a very extremely uh, belated and delayed uh, post mortem, if you will, yeah. of our uh, of our very exciting and thrilling and unpredictable uh, as always uh, fantasy yes. basketball draft. Uh, really, so, like my favorite day of the year. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, Christmas is great and all, but uh, but but for us, Chris, Christmas came yeah. a few days early. I would say that's right. That's right. So we are in a fourteen team league. It's a keeper league yeah. uh each general manager is allowed to keep one player from a from a previous year's draft that was selected 
in the sixth round or later. Um, there are now some new wrinkles with that about how long you can keep your your player for. But basically, those are like uh, that. Those are like the nuts and bolts of it. It's it's a uh, it's a category league. Ben, uh, we have what is it? Ten categories? Eleven categories? Uh, it's it's a head to head categories. We have eleven categories. 11 categories. We have one of the one of the oddest and uh, most um, um, what's the word? Just kind of like. Um, like peculiar, uh, unconventional uh, fantasy leagues that that I'm I'm aware of. We have eleven categories, um, the usual nine, except that instead of three pointers made, we have three point percentage, um, mm. and instead of turnovers, we have uh, assist to turnover ratio. Um, mm. We have rebounds, but we also have offensive rebounds, and uh, as one bonus category, we have triple doubles, which. You know, a lot of people, a lot of like sort of fantasy traditionalists, I guess, um, sort of look down upon that, frown upon that. Uh, the inclusion of that category, I've, I've sort of gathered from from other players. Um, but to me, it's kind of just one of those special things that makes our <laughs> league what it is, which is extremely yeah. uh, strange and um, and and um, and Unique. wonderful and magical. It's ours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. It really so- is. I, I had suggested to you, Ben, that, uh, you know, why don't we just focus on sort of the middle rounds and the late rounds, kind of like the deeper cut sleepers and not just talk specifically about our teams, kind of like, hey, who who's this is who I took in the eighth round. But, well, but sure. you know, talk like about, you know, kind of all the guys that we were sort of interested in or were kind of curious about. But you sort of insisted, Ben, that we talk about. Uh, all the picks, all the rounds. So every single um, we're going one by one. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, we um, we we can you know we can skip around. I definitely have Great. I have some some big observations. I have some some specific questions for you, Chris. I have a couple oh, no. things I'd like to discuss about my team. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, again, well, this is something. I, I know you have a lot of thoughts, so um, there's no real structure here. Maybe we'll just why don't we just start at kind of the top of the draft and work our way sequentially towards the end of the draft. It's seems to make the most sense to me right that sounds that sounds great um and in fact i would say um what better place to start than the very first pick because that pick belonged to none other than the unsinkable molly brown yeah a team um managed by by you chris and uh you had that that number one pick so our our commissioner billy scafiri did a a random you know drawing as he does each year uh, to determine the draft order um, somehow I continued my streak of not getting a pick. I don't think I've gotten a pick inside the top yeah. six since yeah. like 2015. Um, my past four picks, um, uh, in the first round were like 10, 11, 10, and then 12. Or no, I think I had a 14 and then an 11 and then a 10. And then a, anyway, I had the 12th pick, uh, out of 14 in our, in our uh, first round, but you had number one. And um, um, now I, I haven't you gotta... had the number one overall. I haven't had the number one overall pick in a fantasy draft. I play fantasy baseball. I used to play fantasy mm. football, but I, fantasy baseball and basketball are kind of a, the, the ones that I still consistently play. I can't remember having a number one overall pick, at least not in basketball, in maybe forever. I don't know that I've ever had the number one overall pick in basketball. Yeah, I've certainly never had it. Yeah. And I think I maybe had it once in baseball like mm. once in the last like five years and it was one of the years where mike trout was like in his prime and it was kind of like he he was like the barry bonds of baseball mm-hmm. so it was like a very clear 
choice. No There's brainer. Like really, no thought involved, no thought process mm-hmm. really involved, mm-hmm. um, which can be kind of a relief, uh, admittedly. Sure. So, yeah, I had the number one overall pick here. Um, we found out, I should say, on Saturday, the draft order, and then we selected on Sunday. And, I mean, I just never really prepared at all to have the number one pick for whatever reason. It just like was not something that I ever would allow myself to sort of entertain. And I sure, have, you can't, you can't think like that. Yeah. No, I have a lot of thoughts on the experience of the number one pick, but let's start with a the player. Then I can tell you about a little bit about the process, but, uh, um, sure. so I had the number one overall pick and I selected Luka Doncic, uh, point guard for the Dallas Mavericks. That's and right. this was, um, not James Harden. Not James not Harden. Not Anthony Davis. Not Anthony Davis. Not Giannis. Not Giannis. Not Cat. Not Cat. No. No, I went no with LeBron, Luka. No LeBron. No Steph Curry. Luka. I went with Luka. Yeah, I went with Luka yeah. Doncic. Now let's, yeah, walk me through. Now, at, at the time, that was kind of a bombshell. Um, I personally think it makes a lot of sense. Really? Um, I'm I, pretty sure. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't, uh, as you, I'm sure, have figured out, as the rest of our group figured out, I wasn't in the chat. So I was just like, mm. uh, I kind of have a lot going on <laughs> in my head, and I kind of like need mm-hmm. to like be focused. Clear here. out the yeah. Yeah. Sure, so I was like, the, I just uh, I just like can't have the noise. So I had mm-hmm. actually no idea whether this would go over well or whether it would be received poorly, whether it would be received well. Uh, I just knew. Uh, ultimately, I, I hemmed and hawed about this a lot, man. Again. Yeah, I, I, was, I was I, gonna say, was it a was it a like as soon yeah. as you got that number one pick, no. were you like, oh, I know what I'm doing, or was it like down to I the s- wire, like last sort of second, like I settled back on and forth. In all honesty, I settled on Luca uh, about 20 minutes before the draft. Wow, wow. Yeah. So who was it? Who who were you uh, going back and forth between? So the thing is, like, I don't think that there is like, uh, and this is very specific to probably me maybe i don't know but i don't think there is like one way to build a team and succeed so no certainly not i would agree with that if you kind of make your team in a certain way if you construct your team in a certain way certain players make more sense and certain players make less sense so Mm -hmm. Like now, are you talking about punting? Are you like a category punter? Do you, do you uh, engage in that in that kind of a uh, yes, a, yes a and no technique? Yes strategy? and no, but that but that wasn't actually what went into my Luca decision. It was just more like mm-hmm. a, a, as a qualifier, like you just have to pick the player that you know is going to make sense for the team that you're making because ultimately, mm-hmm. no one else really knows how you're constructing a team, so. For me, um, I had no idea whether the pick would be received well or poorly. I just knew. I was like, I'm going to select this guy. And I'm, it, it, was not, it was not the pick that I thought I'd make. And it wasn't the pick that I even necessarily wanted to make. I mean, ultimately, I'm very happy. Luka Doncic, he's an incredible player. What a fun we should player. remind our, our listeners here, this is a, a league that um, uses triple doubles as one of its 11 categories. Yeah. Um, so, so if you have a player that 
gets triple doubles on a regular basis, that is like a massive, massive boost to that player's value. Um, So I think in in a lot of drafts, people would be like, whoa, Luca, like pump the brakes a little bit. I'll tell you right now that... Yeah. That category is the reason I selected him. I mean, of course, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it, it's not the only reason I selected him, but like I would say like I was choosing between Luca and another player and the deal breaker was like Luca had 17 triple doubles last season. I look back on my season last year. I didn't have a single triple double. Literally, oh. that would be that would be 17 W's in my victory column that I just never had. Um, yeah. And so, not an insignificant thing. Um, but there was m- much more to it than that. But um, my thinking with Luca, I mean, the guy is a freak. He's an incredibly special player. But the things that I will tell you that I really liked about Luca was I feel like with Luca, you are getting what amounts to an elite level distributor scorer and a very good to almost almost not elite rebounder but like a very very good rebounder uh mm-hmm. all in all in one package and yeah. for me and for me uh and this goes before we even talk about things like percentages um assist to turnover ratio steals all 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 that other stuff for me it was like that coupled with the triple double package was something that I couldn't really replicate in any other player, even players that I wanted to select that I felt Mm -hmm. more inclined to select. Um, I just felt like when I did the math and when I looked at the numbers, I was like, no one else does what this guy does. And it might mean that I have to kind of reconstruct things a little bit on the fly. Um, and I did, and at times I, I'll admit, like it left me sort of like uh, I'm kind of caught between a rock and a hard place here. Um, mm. But yeah, so I wound up selecting Luca. Uh, I thought a lot about Harden. Uh, I thought a lot about Giannis. I thought about Towns. I thought about you know Anthony Davis. All, all the guys, basically, all, all mm-hmm. the guys that you would potentially take number one overall. Um, but I felt like Luca also is in a situation in Dallas where he really is going to have to do all the heavy lifting by himself. Um, yeah, it's pretty much his team. Yeah, Porzingis is on the shelf until January, February. It's a little unclear right now. Um, so they really need him to be the James Harden, essentially, of the team. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love Harden. How can you not, like, ooh and ah about James Harden, but I also felt like there was a lot of uncertainty with James Harden. There's the potential that he's going to be traded. There's the potential that, um, you know, age catch up, catches up to with him a little bit. Um, and I just felt like Luca is ready for this moment. And I feel like James Harden has been in that moment for, the last couple of years and i just felt like this is luca's time this is like luca's turn and mm-hmm. i was like i could either sort of be in front of the curve or behind the curve with this one and i would rather be the guy that's in front of the curve so i took yeah. luca i'm um, just it's surprising at the, to hear. Uh, I, I, th- I thought it would not be a uh like s- 
shocking pick or anything but i'm, I'm surprised well, that's the thing you. i think a lot of people i think a lot of people uh even even you know players in our league who have who have been playing in our league for a long time um you know you st- sort of still have like your you know your sort of like preconceptions and your biases based on like the general fantasy basketball like if you listen to a fantasy basketball podcast or you read a fantasy basketball article on a fantasy basketball website None of those articles or podcasts are talking about players' values um, with regard to our very peculiar and specific category system, um, scoring system. So everyone who's like, oh, well, it's either Harden or Anthony Davis, like, no-brainer, you can't really go. I mean, you know, like, maybe a Steph Curry, maybe a Cat, like, whatever, maybe a Giannis. But, like, there's such a consensus so that when you see, like, Luca, number one, you're like, Oh my god, like that's crazy. But actually for our league, it's completely reasonable. It's so and in weird. fact, looking at the the looking at the player rankings on uh, on Basketball Monster, uh which is a great website for anyone if uh you're not aware of it, um I can't imagine you're not if you play fantasy basketball. But uh with our uh 11 categories, um guess who finished uh on a per game value basis uh first? Uh well, not first, but um but basically, uh, guess who finished higher, Luca or James Harden? And last year, guess what? It was Luca who finished yeah, uh, two slots above James Harden. So, yeah, yeah man, um, I thought it was I a mean, great pick. He, he's also um, I love fun, that it was. He's also just a fun player, and yeah, you know, like yeah, as, you want something new. As we've always discussed, like I would rather. I say this in all seriousness. I know that you believe me. I would rather have a fun team that loses than have oh, a yeah. like awful unlikable team that wins like they just need to be my sort of guys um Mm -hmm. because i will want to watch and follow them and like uh, this is ultimately like what we're doing here folks you know we don't have a thousand dollars on the line in this league you know it's like a very low you know small pot but we do it for fun we do it to watch our basketball and watch our players and uh you know it's uh yeah that's that's really the the name of the game here uh of course you know i i enjoy winning as well uh, as you do but uh but, uh, you know, you, you try to do try to do a little of both, you know? All right. Well, let's talk about some of the other picks in the first round here. So after I took Luca, then we had Giannis, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, Towns. Yeah, that was the Lillard. bombshell of the first round. Was, let, uh, let me give was... all 14 picks, and then we can talk about, like, this, this was sure. crazy. So it was Giannis, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, Towns, Lillard, Harden, Tatum. Harden at seven. Yeah. Harden at seven. Tatum. I know. Curry at nine. At 10, LeBron James. 11, Westbrook. 12, Kyrie uh, to Ben. 13, Zion Williamson. 14, Kawhi Leonard. So anything there that just like leapt off the page at you, we were like, wow, that's crazy that he went that high or that's too low for that player. I mean, Devin Booker at number four. Yeah, Devin ahead- Booker. Of Cat, ahead of Lillard, ahead of Harden, ahead of Steph Curry, Jeez. ahead of LeBron James, who, sure, he's going to rest, but you do have to remember that triple-double category, and on a uh, per-game value basis, LeBron James finished in our league number two last season. Um, obviously, you know, maybe he'll slow down, maybe he'll play only half the season, who the hell knows. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, Booker at four was, uh, was a bit of an eye-opener. Um, I mean... Harden falling to seven, crazy, you know? You see that picture of of, uh, of a man who looks a little overweight, and uh, all of a sudden, all that, those anti, uh, anti-fat anti biases start creeping in. Um, yeah, James no, I Harden think he's, I think he's going to be just fine. Um, yeah. 
I think uh, Burke Munch got a steal there at seven. Oh, yeah. Tatum going above Curry and James. Um, that was a bit of a shocker. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Jason Zion Tatum. going in the first round. Jason Tatum before Curry and LeBron. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Tatum's probably due for a, a big season. He's he's clearly the man in Boston. Who sure. knows how long Kemba's going to be out. No more Gordon Hayward. No more... Um, who else did they lose? I don't know. I forget. But uh, yeah, so he's, I'm sure he's going to be a monster. But uh, yeah, I mean, but with all these things, though, it's just like, you know, who am I to say? Maybe Devin Booker does finish it's true. fourth overall in value this it's season. True, um, like, it's totally possible. It's going to be a fucking wacky year. Um, I have, you know, there's no real right or wrong answers here, um, considering the uncertainty and, and, and just, uh, you know, craziness of, of the season to come. Um, yeah, Zion going in the first round. Um, I mean, it's not a huge shocker cause since he's, you know, such a fan favorite. I'm sure he's going to be a beast. His free throw percentage is going to be, you know, a bit, bit of a problem area there, I would say. But, uh, but yeah, Dude, I think it's everyone... So funny. It's so funny. It's, it's exactly what we just talked about. Like, I remember... So I, I played fantasy baseball this past season during COVID over the summer. And mm-hmm. uh, a friend of mine in my league texted me and was like, "Man, like I can't believe I can't believe we're gonna do this." But I I, uh, I like passed over Mike Trout um, in the draft at like the number you know two or three spot, whatever it was. He's like, "Cause you know his wife is gonna have a baby and he's gonna have to miss like like seven games and like to mm-hmm. be you know to be out seven games is like really huge and." <laughs> within like a day within a day like all like most of the top 10 picks were covid positive and they were like yeah on the dl for a mandatory like 14 days and it was just like right don't you understand like at best these guys are gonna play like 60 percent of their games and that granted that yeah. was over the summer so it's it's yeah. it's point being is like the same applies here like we really have an absolutely no idea how this thing is going to affect any of these players. So like to really be that critical or that praiseworthy of anything that anyone did is like, it's such a freaking crapshoot. Yeah. Um, that's a really, really good point, Chris. And I would say that that, um, point specifically informed my draft strategy. Um, because I went, uh, in the first round, uh, number 12 with Kyrie Irving, uh, now, a Talk lot of people uh, might remember that I had um, a, a um, I have some experience. I have some history with Kyrie. I drafted him last year, also in the first round. Do you feel uh, like I it's picked fair, 10. Do you feel like it's fair to say that you develop like a relationship? Stockholm track, syndrome? Yeah. Like you, you develop like yeah. a, a relationship and a track record with guys and like you really try to draft your guys, right? Oh, I have my guys. I definitely have my guys. Yeah. And I also have a feeling of, of like, unfinished business, I think. Um. You're sort of, <laughs> let's be fair now, you're sort of a, 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 an old-school coach in that way, a sort of an old-school Popovich. Yeah. You're sort of a Popovich-like GM in that you're like, I need, if I'm going to draft you, like, I need, I need to have a Larry Funderburk's like, track record with you. You need to show Larry that, like, you can make it. You need to promise Larry and deliver to Larry, like, the things that Larry yeah. likes, which is, like, quirkiness, uh, special types of hair, um, interesting Total personality un- complete unpredictability. Outlier yeah. stats. Um, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's not, you're never going to just take a flyer on a guy that doesn't have some sort of upside and potential, or if you, you need to have some sort of history with the guy. 
Yeah, yeah. There's got to be something there, something deeper, something more emotional. Um, uh, I do feel like I, um, you know, I, I, I serve as a mentor and a teacher to these young men. Um, I think when, <laughs> you know, when I draft a player and, and they don't uh, live up to their potential, instead of punishing them, I'll say, no, 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 like, you know, let's, let's try this again. Let's, let's, let's go deeper. Let's, let's dig, dig a little bit more. Um, I, I expect more of you and I think you can deliver. Um, so instead of punishing Kyrie, uh, for his behavior, uh, and his performance last season, I said, no, nope, we're going to go back to the drawing board. We're going to try this all over again. Clean slate. It's a new year, new team. Obviously Katie's in town now. Uh, this team's playing to, to win. Um, have you, and watched yeah, much I mean, the, obviously, have you watched much of the Nets in preseason at all? I haven't watched a single minute, although I, I did uh, he- hear that he looked pretty good. Um, you know, obviously, obviously he looked good because he's one of the best basketball players in the entire world. Sure. Um, if he's actually on the court and playing, yeah. uh, you know, on a, on a per game basis last season uh, with our stat set, he was number six, six overall. Um, will he get injured this season? Of course he will. He's Kyrie Irving. <laughs> will every other player probably get injured too? Yes. yes. So that to me was like, all right. Why be a lot of a lot of uh, fantasy analysts that I listened to were like, oh, you know, you got to you got to be with all the uncertainty. You need really, really safe, really reliable players. I'm like, no, just the opposite. If everyone if if we're living in this like insane upside down world where everyone is at risk to rest and sit and get injured and the schedule is crazy and, you know, half a team is going to get covid and forfeit a month worth of games like who the fuck knows. So, like, go with that player that is unpredictable, that is, you know, an injury risk, that is a, a you know, like a, a player that I was actually really targeting with my second round pick that I didn't, um, wasn't able to get was, uh, was Kawhi, who, who went number 14. But I was, I had my sights locked in on Kawhi, mm. yeah. who everyone is like, oh, well, he's going to sit back to backs. Like, that's no good. And it's like, no, are you kidding me? Like, no, there's not a single player in the league, probably, that is going to play all 72 of these games. Um, so if a player is already, um, <laughs> you know... Forthcoming uh, about it, they're like... Right, exactly. Like, you know? Yeah, if they're if they're just telegraphing it, it's like okay, great. Well, now I know what to expect a little yeah. bit more. I can um, predict it. And if like, anything, I know if maybe a that'll help. I can I can sit them. <laughs> yeah, I can plan around that. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I I was really hoping to get Kawhi. Um, he was uh, he was sniped by Schmutz Parker. Um, yeah. So um, if anything, though, that's that's a blessing because um, in the second round, coming back around with the third pick in the second round. Uh, in our you know snake draft format, I was able to snag Jimmy Butler, who of course is another uh, favorite of mine that I fell Old in love reliable. with last season. Yeah, I mean, talk about a real Larry Funderburk uh, kind of character. Love this player, um, man. You know, love this heat profile. culture. Yeah, heat culture is basically synonymous with Funderburk culture. Um, so this guy. You know, he he proved it to me last year, um, and uh, and I reward uh, him f- with some loyalty um, and taking him again. Very excited uh, to uh, to run it back with Jimmy, um, and then uh, and then now at the if with the very last pick in the second round, yeah. um, you went with a player that I also very much had my my eyes set on. Oh really? Um, who? Oh yeah, big time. Um, and uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll let you uh, yeah, so discuss took- your. I took with the uh, last pick in the second round. So this is now, it's very confusing. So we are now 28 (laughs) picks into the draft, but because we had a keeper round that went first, 
do you have this problem at all? Like, understand? Yeah, no, it's very confusing. In our in our draft because, settings, like, you're like, the oh, keeper round is, the, is technically round one. This is like um, the so all the keepers pick, are like. Right? It's like no, right. but it's also the. It's actually 42nd? the forty-second pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. which is really, cool because you're sort of like, oh well, this is an incredible value because um, right. <laughs> already I'm getting this guy, you know, fourteen spots after he's actually going. Sure. Um, yeah, it's all yeah. It's it's it's, 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 it's very convoluted. Yeah, it kind of screws with your mind. Um, yeah. yeah. So I took Yusef Nurchich, the center for the Portland Trailblazers, uh, with the last pick of the second round, and. Um, yeah, excited to draft him. I've never owned him. If I have owned him, I haven't owned him since he's played with the Trailblazers. But obviously, he's mm. coming off the devastating leg injury that he had, I guess, well, probably like two seasons ago now. I think he just like shattered his leg and then came mm-hmm. back last year towards the end of the season, returned to the bubble and played really nice in the bubble. I mean, I think he had Oh, he played like incredibly in the bubble. He yeah, was like yeah. a monster in the bubble. Yeah. Like to the tune of I think it was 18 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, two blocks, a steal, shot almost 90% from the from the line. So, um an enticing big man, uh obviously <laughs> no secret to uh people who listen to this show and know Ben and I's uh, fantasy tendencies. I have something of a <laughs> our, our, our of fantasy a big, profiles of a big man fetish. Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah, excited to get Nurk Nurk and um just one thing I'll say is, you know, I know we were talking about like you've never had the number one overall pick and uh, I haven't, I don't know that I've ever had it or if I have, I haven't had it in a while. The thing that is you always hear, but like you have to experience it in real time. Is it's a long wait. There are just these long empty valleys where, you know, it, it it's a blessing and a curse to have the number one overall pick. Look, we should all be yeah. so lucky to be able to like, be like, Hey, I got what could conceivably be the best player in the league. But the flip side of that is, um, there's a lot of value in the middle of these rounds that you just mm-hmm. uh, don't get the benefit of, unfortunately. Yeah. And what it you're just means sitting there is, just watching players slip by you because you're like, yeah. I, I, yeah. What it means is, uh, as a result, and I think I suffered because of this, uh, because I didn't do enough of this, more of this, is you have to reach more um, because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. the 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 players that you want are typically going to be going in the middle of the round so if you know it's Mm -hmm. a player you want sometimes it means you have to select them 20 picks early 15 picks early Mm -hmm. uh, 30 picks early and it's a it's just a different game it's it's honestly very similar to the situation with Luca that we were talking about early where it's like I just need to do what I need to do irrespective of what these rankings are irrespective by the way the rankings could be totally off uh, irrespective of what the rankings are, ir- irrespective of what pundits say. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just one of those really interesting things, the long waits between picks and seeing a lot of the players that, you know, you kind of researched and targeted just kind of go by the wayside. Um, but Hey, I mean, that's, we should all be so lucky to have the first overall pick in a draft. <laughs> yeah, um, no, sure, sure. Uh, and then with the next pick, uh, in the draft. So for me, this was kind of like, what is it like a double barrel shotgun? Um, oh, yeah. when, so, so one of the, I guess, upsides of having the first or the last pick is that you pick back to back. So you can yeah, kind of you kind get of back to back on the turn. You can kind of like think of your pick selections as two players. You know what I mean? You could say, so I knew 
when it was my turn in the second round that I was going to take Nurkic and I was also going to take Mitchell Robinson, who is the player I took with the first pick in the fourth round. But again, the fourth round is what other is actually our third round. Actually our third round. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I took uh, back-to-back uh, uh, Nurkic and Mitchell Robinson, Mitch the center for the New York Knicks, who I'm very excited about that I get to watch the Knicks. Uh, yeah, no, se- secret. no secret. Both of our loves for, for Mitch yeah, when yeah. I saw that name go off the board. You know, a little, little also, piece of my heart broke, but I was I knew that you know if, if I couldn't yeah. have him, there's no, no place, place nah, I'd rather he be. He's than, going to uh, a good than, home. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the Knicks are my favorite team, so I will... I'm really excited to be able to watch his season unfold. I have no, uh, uh, you know, like it's, I, I'm not, I don't have any sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Misgivings. Yeah. I have like no misgivings mm-hmm. about like the idea that, um, I know who the coach is. I know that Mitch is not necessarily gonna, I, I don't expect him to start the season as a starter. I think it's possible, but it's just, I know with Mitch, I've got to be in it for the long haul. And I kind of identified him as like a PER um, monster, just like one of these guys that if he plays 20 minutes a night, if he plays 25 minutes a night, he's going to have a statistical impact that is very exciting for me. Um, and I'll be super excited to watch those 25 minutes, whether they come off the bench, whether they start at the beginning of the game, it really makes no difference. Um, Mm -hmm. and he's playing well and he plays for my favorite team and he plays a brand of basketball that I really love. So it was, again, it was just one of these things that I couldn't resist. Um, even if it wasn't necessarily the right pick, even if it was a reach, I was just like, I need to make this my pick because that's just what I want. Um, yeah, no, so, he's, yeah. he's a, he's a uh, yeah, he's an unsinkable one. Um, no question about it through and through. Uh, yeah. Congrats on, uh, on, on those, those big boys. Um, let's talk about the so rest then of going, the round. Yeah. Yeah. Going through the rest of the third, I mean, pretty, uh, pretty standard picks here. No major surprises. We get John Wall going a little early, I would say in round three. I, I think would, he's going to have a good Actually season. very early. I think he's going to yeah, have a good Yeah, he probably season, will. Man. No, I, I, I mean, think, I think again, he'll be. well. Yeah, and he'll he'll be rested on back-to-backs probably, but, you know, everyone else will, you know, be getting their various dings and bumps and all that. Um, like John Collins last, sliding. I, I said this in the last podcast episode that we did. Like, I'm really rooting for those guys in Houston, for, for Boogie Cousins oh, yeah. and John Wall, because I just feel like, uh, aside from the injury stuff, they've just been sort of, like, shit on and forgotten, and they're still really good basketball players, and they've worked their whole lives, and... Uh, I don't know. I, I caught a couple of the preseason Rockets games, and, and Wall looked great. He looked incredibly fast. He looked like John Wall. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm I'm rooting for him. I think it would be cool for the league if John Wall was back to being John Wall and was very good. Yeah. No, it's it's crazy. Even like watching like Durant, where you're like, when these players have been gone for so long, you expect them to come back as these like just like decrepit, like you Shelves. know, like st- stiff, like mummies. And like when you just see them like playing like normal professional basketball players you're just like holy crap like it's it's insane like what these yeah, yeah what these guys bodies are capable of and yeah and, for uh, sure. yeah the work they put in um yeah so very inspiring um as i uh sit on my in my chair and uh watch basketball highlights extremely inspiring yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um so i went uh so at the end of round three i had picked 12 again and i went with a um 
a guy who had a great season last year who I am not expecting at all uh, for him to replicate. Um, but even with a little bit of slippage, pretty reliable old man, Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've had him on my team since like 2012 or 13, maybe. He was on um, my team last year. He's, he's a yeah. delight, man. Like, I mean, you, you had, even in, you, even, you got the... Even in the uh, older iteration of Chris Paul, he's just such a crafty, reliable player when he's on the court. Like the, I mean, well, he's my kind of guy because he doesn't yeah. fuck up ever. And uh, you know, we have the categories uh, assist to turnover ratio, which he's uh, fantastic at. Uh, his percentages are very good. Even his field goal percentage is very good for a point guard. Which is, uh, you know, I'm definitely kind of a percentage uh, freak over here. Um, value that highly so again he's probably going to be rested a lot but um but when he does play i know that you know he's just going to be like a steady reliable kind of veteran presence on the team um which i'm excited about um and uh and then but it's it's weird because i definitely i'm normally someone who picks you know at least in the first three rounds i pick like one elite center um, I always, uh, cause I have Jokic as my keeper, which we should yeah. probably, uh, discuss briefly that, uh, this is going to be a very, uh, very emotional season for, for Larry Funderburg because, uh, after having Nicole Jokic as my keeper for the past four years, three years, um, I've had him on my team. Um, we decided just prior to, um, the start of the season, a, a new prop, um, that would, um, force GMs to re- relinquish their keepers after three seasons, or is it four? I think it's four, right? I think it's three f- seasons included and it's a f- the fourth season, like the season you draft. Right. You get to keep them for three, um, after you draft them, after the year that so you, like you've the drafted season, them. Yeah. The season that you draft is not, I don't know how that's a long story season. short. Yeah. yeah. Long story short, this will be, um, my final season with Nicole Jokic as my keeper, which I uh, can't even, I can barely bring myself to say. Yeah. Um, he's been the number one player in our entire really, league for the past like two years. I haven't really wrapped my um, mind around, uh, you know, this will be my last season with Joel Embiid. Who I've yeah, that's right. I mean, it's really, yeah, these, 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 these are the players that we've really, I Pretty mean, significant you talk about a bond you, that you develop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, exactly. It's clearly like a, a, a major, uh, you know, fucking crutch for me. Um, I, you know, I think it's a good rule though. Obviously I, I think it, I, I believe in fairness and, um, and equality. Uh, so, you know, I, yeah. it's not something that, that I thought I actually voted in favor of the prop. It's exciting. I was a yay. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, I mean, it forces us to, uh, start drafting young and that's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and it's in the best the interest. Future. It's the, it's in the best interest of the league. There's going to be more turnover. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it really is. Um, so in but, uh, five, but yeah, getting back to my, to, yeah, to my center situation where I was like, normally like in years past, I've had like cat and Jokic as my two yeah. centers or last year I had cat plus, um, Deandre Aiden and Bam Adebayo. And I was like, you know, center is a position that I really, really value. Um, and here I was obviously with Jokic, but my first three picks were Kyrie, Jimmy, and then Chris Paul. So I was suddenly like panicking. Um, and now I'd kind of done that intentionally because a lot of centers are some good value centers are available later in this draft as opposed to point guards. So it was kind of part of my strategy. But um, but I looked around and, and Jonas Valanciunas had been taken off the board. John Collins had already been taken. You got Mitch and Nurkic, who I thought at least one of those guys would probably be available. 
um, Nikola Vucevic, Aiton, all the all the like big names were were gone at this point. And suddenly I was like, oh crap, I need a center like badly, or I'm going to be you know shit out of luck here. So I kind of reached a little bit. I wouldn't call it a reach, but this is definitely like you know one of the more buzzy, unproven like let's see if he can actually live up to the hype type players. And I went with Christian Wood, the crucifix, in round five, um, who I am excited <laughs> about great, and man. completely, I, completely terrified of. Um, oh, I think it's a great pick. I think I think he's gonna fit in perfectly with Larry. I think um, it's a. I think it's a great pick. I, I was so excited yeah. when I saw that he went to your team. I mean, he's one of those guys that you're like, oh, I got him off the waiver wire last year, exactly. and now I'm spending a fourth-round pick. It's, like, yeah. crazy. It reminds me of, of yes. like, Mitchell Robinson, who totally. I think I got off the waiver wire in his rookie year. Yeah. Um, and he, like, powered me to a championship. And then, like, the next season, it's like, oh, if you want him back on your team, you're going to have to spend, like, a top three-round right. pick on him. Yeah. Um, craziness. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if he pans out. Um, there are definitely some more, like, veteran guys behind him that I that I was – strongly considering and i feel like have a good chance of probably finishing higher than him like lamarcus aldridge um uh hassan whiteside who i feel like even if he plays like 20 minutes a game that dude was like top 10 in our league in value last year um because of just how many fucking blocks he gets and offensive rebounds and it's it's so weird how fantasy sports is not always a reflection of like reality sports. Not at all. No, because, Hassan Whiteside stinks. He's like never played on a winning team. He's terrible. Yeah, and also but he gets like, so his, many goddamn stats. His contract would dictate that he stinks. Like he is he is the backup center, maybe. Like he, he is yeah. like a sixth man on the on the Sacramento Kings. Like it's yeah. not, you know. Um, but in our league, which prioritizes X, Y, and Z stats, it's like, well, if you tick these boxes, then I guess you're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so, guess what? You're going to be a beast. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, well, I'm excited him. about Christian Wood being on your team. I think that's a great pick. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun for sure. Who are some of the other guys that went in the round that kind of raised? So yeah, after Wood, about? Right after Wood was Aldridge. Oh, uh, our, our commish, uh, USA, Team USA, got Michael Porter Jr. Um, right in the middle of the round. Uh, obviously, that's a big name. I feel like he was, I feel like he's being a little overhyped, but he's definitely going to be, you know, in some games he's going to look absolutely incredible, I'm sure. Sure. Um, see if he can be consistent. Um, I love the uh, the Lonzo Ball pick. Lonzo um, Ball, He's yeah. a guy that, that is very valuable in our league. He can get some triple doubles. Um, his percentages are bad, but he doesn't shoot really very much, you know, right. from three or free throws, so doesn't really hurt you. Um, Tyrese Halliburton was a, definitely a bit of a reach. <laughs> Allison sure. Oop, uh, this is uh, Adam Lustig's team. Um, that guy, I love him because he's just like, he just does whatever the fuck he wants. Like, yeah. I don't know if he, if he just like, like focuses or like prepares too much for these drafts i think he just kind of like has like names that he likes to watch and is like oh that that guy's awesome like i really respect it man i mean get him in round four i don't give a shit (laughs) i'm not doing anything that much different i mean i'm Mm -hmm. doing an extension of that maybe in terms of like my preparation but effectively like i just try to draft guys that I will be excited to watch their games for. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, tr- I really, really try not to draft people that I like loathe. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I like it. I mean, um, yeah, we'll see about so, Porter Jr. So yeah, speak, speaking of which, you you got um, at the end of the round and then in with the first pick in round five, the, your little back-to-back, 
Yeah. You went last time you went back to back centers. This time you go back to back little guys. Yeah. So I drafted uh, point guard Ricky Rubio of the Minnesota Timberwolves at the end of round. Are we calling this round five or four? What what should we call it? Four. Okay. Let's call it round four because okay. the keeper at round the, doesn't really count. At yeah. the end of round four, I, I drafted Ricky Rubio. And then at the beginning of round five, which is the first round of the keeper, first keeper round. Right. That's the other thing is that, yeah, in that, according to our rules, you can keep a player as long as you draft them after a certain round. So yep. round five is when you begin to be able to keep players. So I drafted Lamelo Ball of the, of the Hornets. Um, yeah. Wow. So a lot, lot to talk about and unpack here. But, I mean, Rubio, <laughs> Rubio is like probably my favorite player i don't know like if if he's not my fa- <laughs> if he's not my favorite player of the last like 5 to 10 years he's in like a handful of them you know like when yeah. we talked about our country's draft and i drafted i was going to say he's spain. the reason you picked spain number 1 he's the reason i chose the country spain and like i have always insisted that one day he would be the point guard of the Knicks. And I still think like he should be the point guard of the Knicks (laughs) one of these days. Um, When you insisted, do you mean like you expected it or you, you were just like demanding it? All of it. Yeah. All of that. Like (laughs) he just, he would thrive in Madison square garden. He uh, is such a fun, joyful player. He's so quirky. Um, And he's just like, he was one of, I feel like I, I know, this statement is incorrect. I feel it coming out of my mouth and it's not correct, but I feel like he was one of the, one of the first like YouTube, uh, basketball stars that we had because he was this like, he was this like prodigy in Europe that was like a 12 year old (laughs) playing for like, yeah, he was, he was a, he was a a child YouTube influencer. Yeah. 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 He was, he was basically just like a tween basketball influencer in Madrid. (laughs) And, um, he's just always been someone that I was, obsessed with i mean from his draft story with the timberwolves like the fact that the timberwolves selected uh ricky rubio and then they also selected with the next pick a point guard johnny flynn and it was the gm's way of saying like we don't know like like we we are taking like we are taking two like we're taking two shots with this like we hope one and of of course both of those point guards were drafted just before point guard steph curry steph curry (laughs) um But I'll tell you, man, like Ricky Rubio has turned into a fantastic basketball player. Someone I, I love watching. Uh, he's a distributor, you know, like he yeah. is going to average upward of eight or nine assists. He's he's going to have, you know, 12, 13, 14 points, four or five rebounds. And like I talked about in our last episode, I I feel that he's probably going to be the second most important player on, on that T-Wolves team outside of Towns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he, to me... If that Wolves team is successful, I think Ricky Rubio is going to have a big uh, hand in that, just as he did with the Phoenix Suns last year. I think he doesn't really get enough credit for kind of like his impact and his influence on winning. I mean, everywhere you go, everywhere this guy has gone after he left the T-Wolves, like look at the the way he influenced the Utah Jazz teams. He really helped mm-hmm. those like young Donovan Mitchell squads, like put them on the map. He went to, to Phoenix um, they played great last year in the bubble. And then, um, so I, I just think he's kind of like a low key guy that 
in the same way that people talk about Chris Paul right now as just being sort of I was going to say, like, he's like very much like he's got the, like the Chris the, Paul type where you're veteran, like, oh, he's kind of old, kind of washed up, but like still very, very good. He's yeah. got like the veteran like winning magic fairy dust uh, thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I don't know if the Wolves are going to be like a good team or a playoff team, but I think he's going to be a, a productive player still. And I'm excited to to own him and have him on my squad yeah i'm definitely super curious like because right now they have him it looks like like people are saying he'll be a backup um behind d'angelo and i find that kind of like odd i I feel like at some point they might experiment with having him as a starting point guard and d'angelo be more of a two guard i mean i feel like they can coexist right yeah i mean i guess d'angelo likes having the ball in his hand but yeah kind of similar to like rubio and booker it's like exactly i don't know like that seems like that could that could be a pretty good formula um yeah, I hope that I, they that they do that instead of just having Rubio be a, sure. be a six man. I I think he's going to play thirty minutes a night, whether it's yeah. <laughs> whether he checks in five minutes into the first quarter or he starts the tip off. It's sort of like yeah. from a fantasy basketball GM perspective, it 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 doesn't make a ton of difference. But I think you're right. I think he, I I think the best iteration of that team, honestly, would probably be for d'angelo russell to play the two um i would bring anthony edwards maybe off the bench as like a kind of like mm-hmm. a, a microwave scorer kind of guy um yeah i feel like he can't be a starter in the, at least in the beginning of the year yeah we'll yeah. see but I'm, I'm not really concerned honestly about whether rubio starts or comes off the bench he's he's gonna have an impact and be you know a really productive player and then yeah. with the first pick in the in the fifth round what we'll call the fifth round our keeper round uh, I selected LaMelo Ball point guard for the Charlotte Hornets. Um, LaMelo. I mean, it's such a perfect, like, <laughs> pairing. I mean, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I sort of feel like you're, like, LaMelo is, like, you saying, like, this is my future Ricky. Yeah. 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 Um, Pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, Ben, I, I really did not expect to make this pick. Um, this This pick kind of, uh, shifted a lot of my draft <laughs> strategy in ways that I don't know necessarily like behoove me or whatever, but it's just kind of like what happened. You know, sometimes like the, yeah, the game, like it was sometimes like the, like, the game dictates the pace and the game dictates mm-hmm. the personnel moves. And for me, it was like, there were guys that I had my eye on at this pick that were no longer available. People jumped up, people took, you know, reached whatever. And I was like, okay, so, the pick I need to make is Lamella Ball then, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know sometimes LaMelo- your heart kind of kind of takes over, right? Like your 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 brain kind of shuts off, and your and your heart is like, I got this. Yeah, and um, and Lamella Ball was just sitting there, and I was like, well, he's like we talked about with these like peaks and valleys of having the number one overall pick, and then waiting literally what is it, 28 picks before you pick again? It's like, okay, so it's now or never. Like, you either take Lamella Ball at this pick or you have to be okay with not getting a crack at keeping Lamella Ball. So it's mm-hmm. now it's now or never. Um, and yeah. I decided now because it's one pick. And uh, if I decide that he's not someone that I want to be with long-term, then uh, he could have <laughs> a fine season and I can just cut bait. Or if he's... If he's exciting, um, you know, I get to consider keeping him beyond the season. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. he's just he's just one of those guys that I'm going to be able to, I mean, I'm going to be able to watch 
Hornets games. I, I, I mean, that's the thing. It's just going to be so fun to watch him play, I was no matter not, what. Just like I was not anticipating watching Hornets games this year, but I guess I'm going to be watching Hornets games. But um, yeah, I damn, I damn sure will be will be uh, watching I, them because I, I don't no, even have any Hornets players. I have no idea what this guy will be statistically. I, I would be lying if I told you I think it's one thing or the other. I don't think. Um, I think his his jump shots really going to be a work in progress. I'm th- I'm expecting some pretty low <laughs> efficiency <laughs> percentage mm-hmm. numbers, um, and that's okay. That's 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 yeah fine. But the good news is you you have guys like Mitch Robinson and, and yes. Yusuf Nurkic and, yes. and other big boys to uh, to kind of help uh, yes. absorb that. Um, so, but I no, know I think he's going to be really creative and a fun ball distributor. I mean, like he his highlights are just. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a, a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to have Lamelo on my team. He, he, I say this in all honesty, like he was not. I did a couple of mock drafts. He was not someone I ever drafted or really. It just he was just not someone I was actively thinking about drafting. But mm-hmm. um, the situation kind of presented itself where it was like all the guys that I planned on being there and having available to me were gone. So I was like, well this would be the value pick. The value is taking uh, a, a, a shot. And so we'll right, take a shot. Right. Yeah. 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 It reminds me a lot of when I drafted Luca, his rookie year, which was in like the fourth round or something like that, yeah. where I was like, all right, don't draft any rookies. Like they're always like overdrafted. They're, right. They never perform as well as you hope. And then he was there. And I like, I think like the one player I'd wanted before, like had like just gotten taken. And I was just like, I was like panicking. And then I was like, wait a minute. I know how to make myself feel better. I'll just take Luca. I'll just like ignore all of my my like logic and and reason and just be like, no, this is going to be awesome. I get you to have, draft Luca. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> um, like your sense of joy and your sense of fun is your get best guiding principle where it's like Yeah. Yeah, your brain is very powerful and really um is looking out for your best interest, but sometimes yeah. it's okay to also just turn it off and be like just follow my joy a little bit. <laughs> So, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about what you did here in the fifth round with the 12th pick. So after LaMelo, we have Julius Randle, Al Horford, Karis LeVert, DeJounta Murray. Ooh, I know that one hurts, Ben. DeJounta Murray. That one, friend Lucas. yeah. This uh, was like one of the toughest stretches, I feel like, in the entire in the entire draft for me. Because um, although I didn't have the, the first pick, I had the third uh, pick and then the 12th pick. So it was it's also a very long stretch of... Yeah. What is that? 20 picks, I think, yeah. in between. Just like um, the lulls. And yeah. I saw so many guys I wanted go off the board, but none none more painful than than DeJounte. He was really boy I, boy did I have my eye on him. It's um, funny, man. I don't know I don't know what your practice is, but I, I I found sometimes literally just walking away from your computer uh, so you don't <laughs> hear all the names being called off is sometimes more helpful so you don't have the experience of like literally heartbreak all the, all the agony the, 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 little, the tiny little stabs and daggers and being, you just like being, yeah shoved in you just show up at your computer screen and be like okay who, who is left all right who's available who's left yeah. you know like without any sort of interesting strategy baggage. yeah yeah hmm. um, i don't think i could do that but i uh, but i appreciate it so okay so we had dejonta murray buddy heel uh robert covington Devonte graham kevin love Danilo Gallinari, Draymond Green, and finally Ben. Draymond Rickett. slipping all the way. Yeah, that we, was a potentially what? a huge value pick there oh by uh, by our good friend Dribble Dribble. And then we have um, Markel Fultz going to you. Markel, yep. L- Larry listen, Funderburst. you know, 
you, you need your Thunderbird guys. Um, Markel is a Thunderbird guy. I haven't had him since his rookie campaign, um, right. which was a, uh, a, a playoff uh, waiver wire acquisition that, that really paid off because he got a triple-double in his final game of the season um, when I was in the fantasy finals. Let's um, get this very straight. He had the youngest ever, he was the youngest person ever to record a triple-double. That's and correct. It, that triple-double won you remind me like a playoff series or like won you what what's no it was actually it was it was actually totally inconsequential because i uh thoroughly dominated my my opponent that year in the finals so i didn't need it at all but it was just Um, like the cherry on top basically yeah i thanks to that i was able to win uh 10 to 1 instead of like 9 to 2 (laughs) or something like that um yeah Yeah. it was it was a good 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 year for larry that year um but yeah i mean markel i'd have such a such an emotional attachment obviously in in real life and in fantasy yeah watching him you know sort of uh his his like road to recovery and 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 rejuvenation um and i think he's gonna have a pretty pretty big year i mean he's kind of like the man in orlando now along you know at least in the backcourt um, I think great, he's going to be asked to do a lot, and yeah, and I've, he's you know he's he's our he's our, last, he's our boy. I've owned him the last year or two, and um, mm-hmm. he. What I'll say about Mark we basically Kelly like is, we like kind of like trade players back and forth. Him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we share. Um, what I'll say about Markel is, uh, he, first of all, definitely a guy I had my eye on. I was so bummed that you took him and I couldn't get him. But um, in the same way that we talked about CP3, there was just like a very steadiness to him like Mm. there there aren't necessarily the statistical flourishes but he's very consistently who he is which Mm -hmm. has real value because you can sort Mm -hmm. of pencil in like this is who markel is right here i'll I'll, i I know it will always be roughly this and yeah um, just a solid 12 six and six maybe a couple of steals awesome man that's an awesome player especially in our league um, mm-hmm. and, and he has those defensive stats, man. The steals. So yeah, the steals are what I what I what I always uh, always yeah. cherish. All right, moving on to round seven. Why don't we um, kind of hustle through these? We'll just read off the picks and let me know if there's anything eye popping. And then, because um, we are going a little bit long on time here, and then we can <laughs> Shock, quickly talk shocking. about we could quickly talk about the last couple of rounds of the draft if you like. Sure. Um, so rounds seven and eight. We had uh, Serge Ibaka, Obi Toppin, Brandon Clark. Ben, you selected Brandon Clark, uh, mm-hmm, power mm-hmm. forward from the from the uh, Grizzlies. Thomas Bryant, Andrew Wiggins, Blake Griffin, Eric Bledsoe, Jeremy Grant, Tyler Hero, Demarcus Cousins, Spencer Dinwiddie, Lou Williams, DeLon Wright. I selected Marvin Bagley the third, power forward from the Sacramento Kings. And then the beginning of the seventh round, technically, this is I selected. Jaron Jackson Jr., power forward for the for the Grizzlies, Laurie Markkinen, DeAndre Jordan, Josh Richardson, Kobe White, Miles Turner, Brooke Lopez, Jared Allen, Mike Conley, Miles Bridges, Seth Curry, Ben you selected Rashawn Holmes, love that pick. Bogdan mm. Bogdanovich, the Atlanta Hawks shooting guard, and then Kemba Walker fell, falling all the way to the end of the seventh round. Um Anything in there that kind of caught your eye? I mean, there's so much value, so much value happening here between these two rounds. Yeah, yeah, there really is. Um, I know I found myself not uh, like it was. This is probably the hardest pick, uh, Brandon Clark. Um, 
love him. I think he's going to just build on, on what he did last year, which was like sneaky, just like very solid. Um, again, the percentages uh, are just the, the, the quickest way to my heart. Uh, and this guy is just like, you know, 60% from the floor, 80% from the line, uh, you know, no, like no problem in a sleep. Um, I mean, I, I, he's going to be a backup um, probably, Maybe he'll start at the beginning when when Triple J is injured, but um, but I think he's probably not going to get more than I don't know twenty five, maybe high twenties a night. Um, Dude, you know who's a in name? Minutes. You know who's a name that I read off where I was like, wow, I I don't think I totally realized when he was drafted, but Tyler Hero is. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, that was I, an early one. I actually don't know if that's if this is an early pick or a late pick or whatever it is, but I was like, wow, wasn't this this is the guy that like uh, was potentially being talked about in a James Harden trade. Like this would be like maybe one of the headline pieces. Tyler Hero. Yeah. Um I don't yeah, know. He could he could blow up. Yeah, I don't know where he was where he was projected to go, whether this was early or late, but I was like, wow, really? Guess I he was never really on my radar in in my prep. But yeah, curious about him. Anyone from these two rounds that sort of caught your eye? I mean Obi Toppin going real early. I know I'm sure you had your eye on him, Chris. I don't know how how that felt. Uh, I actually it did feel a little I, little I early to me. I didn't have my eye on Obi Toppin, but I'm happy. I'm <laughs> no, happy someone did. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how that pans out. Uh, seems seems a little early for for Dunkaroos grabbing Obi there in uh, in early round six. But love, uh, love the face. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm a little little uh, uneasy about about Brando there. Um, Thomas Bryant went right after him. I I kind of like kicked myself a little bit when I was like, oh fuck, maybe that would have been the move. Um, I mean, I also love uh, your pick of Triple J, who obviously is going to start the year on the uh, on the injured reserve. I mean, you know, this guy's like. Sky's sky's the limit for him. You sure. know the unicorn with the blocks and the threes and yada yada. Um, yeah, I mean Brooke Lopez and Jared Allen are a couple of like kind of uh, you know more sort of boring guy. Miles Turner is another one where it's like Miles Turner. Remember he was like a third round pick like a couple of years ago, and then everyone kind of like slept on him. You know, but he could have a, a, a bounce back. I looked at Mike Conley, and I was like, man. Oh yeah, we I guess have written off Mike Conley a little bit but this guy is still pretty freaking good like yeah he could easily have have a return to form I mean yeah rough year last year but you know one more year in the in the system maybe he gets it together puts it together yeah I mean he used to be yeah I mean I know he had a bunch of injuries last year um but like there is totally a case to be made that he's gonna have a bounce back season uh and I was like wow damn look at that that could be a really good value pick there Mm-hmm, and, then, mm-hmm. um, and then a couple of picks after was Kemba, Kemba who Kemba everyone's falling, terrified of. Yeah, falling with his, all you know, the way to the end of yeah. the seventh round. Yeah, obviously it's going to be a lot. Of, require a lot of patience, but if if he's able to come back and even close to his uh, his previous form, I mean, yeah, at the end of round seven, that's that's amazing. Um, and then yeah, moving on here. Um, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about your? Uh, your Marvin Bagley pick that was uh, uh, I mean that's you know very uh high upside high risk high reward kind of kind of guy yeah I I definitely reached here uh I mean this it was just kind of like my thing was like I'm just gonna have to go grab guys whether (laughs) whether it's a reach I mean it is a reach um and I knew it was a reach as I was making it but I just felt like I started feeling the need to fortify my bench with like forwards and kind of just those meal ticket guys, just those kind of like, 
uh, ham and egg guys and mm-hmm, Marvin mm-hmm. Bagley. The hard hat, the, yep, yep, yeah, the metal lunch pail. Yeah. Mar- Marvin Bagley, like, pretty much <laughs> is that guy, which is just kind of like a vanilla, like, wait, a ch- wait like, did you call him a ham and egg guy? Yeah, just like a ham and egg guy, like, like, <laughs> like, uh, like a hard hat, like, uh, you know, like, he's just like a points guy and like a rebounds guy and, <laughs> not a ton of other things. Yeah, he's a guy. He's a guy's. He's a guy's guy. Yeah. 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 Um, he's a real guy's guy. He's he's a guy for guys who like basketball kind of guy. Yes, but also I just felt like we'll see. I mean, like he could be someone <laughs> that I could potentially keep, right? Like I don't, I don't know. Sure. Like like he could, he could have a better season than you know, who knows? Um, I mean, he was the number two overall pick a couple couple years ago. So yeah. you yeah. have to imagine the the, the franchise is, is looking to you know. Yeah, and I felt the same. I felt the same way about Jaron Jackson Jr., where just kind of like he his his game, his offensive game, has really expanded in the last year. He has, I guess, had like a bunch of nagging injuries. He's going to s- start this year on the uh, on the IL. Um, with I think it's a meniscus that he had to have mm-hmm. repaired in the off season, but um, he's like a guy that is a defensive hound, just really like a a, a blocks guy. Um, I'd like to see him kind of pick up the rebounding game a little bit, but um, you know he's sure. just he's just my kind of a player. I'm excited about having him, and he's injured. Most importantly, one of my favorite qualities uh, having someone that I can put on the IL. So um, now you also told me a, a key piece of intel for you and your uh, drafting strategy was the fact that uh, according to your sources, uh, Jaron Jackson is now seven foot five. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Apparently in the off season, I think it actually was it was it Brandon Clark or Dylan Brooks. Apparently was like, yeah, the first thing I noticed about Jaron Jackson Jr. when he came to camp was that he had clearly grown like three inches, and he's listed <laughs> awesome. At, he's listed at six eleven, so that makes him like definitely north of seven foot. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, if there's one thing uh, we know about the unsinkable Molly Brown, my, my fantasy basketball team is I, I love height for sure. So, yeah, ba- it turns ba- out the taller the better. Yeah. Yeah. Bagley's a big boy, likes to rebound. Jaron Jackson's a big boy. So, yeah, um, you got a, you got a three point shooting to Kemi Matumbo on your team. Yep. 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 Pretty so, sweet. Pretty sweet. So, um, yeah. All right. Moving on to round, uh, rounds eight and nine. Um, Anyone you see here that kind of caught your eye where it's like, wow, he went high, he went early, this was a player I had my eye on? Um, yeah, I mean, I was, uh, so in the first pick of round eight was Marcus Smart, who's definitely, I think, uh, poised for a big year, certainly a big start of the year with, uh, with Kemba on the shelf. Um, Schmutz grabbed him. Kind of a sneaky good draft by Schmutz Parker, I gotta say. He's not normally someone that I... Uh, that I really, um, you know, am, 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 I don't want to, well, I don't want to be uh, disrespectful here to Schmutz Parker, but uh, let's just say he's not usually one of the more engaged and active members of our of our league. But uh, it seems like he, uh, you know, he did his, his work in the offseason here and he came ready to play. Um, he grabbed Kemba in the in the with the last pick in the in the last round, and then went back to back with Marcus Smart. I love that pairing. Yeah, um, kind of a um, what do you call that a um, 
handicap. Um, oh, when you handcuff. You know, when you when you get a handcuff, handcuff. Yeah, not handicap, <laughs> handcuff. Um, I grabbed Derek White, uh, another in- guy yeah. who's currently injured, but I think w- once he's healthy, he's going to be, uh, you know, I-, I mean, anyone who listens to us knows how we feel about Derek, one of our, uh, you know, one of our, our Swish FM favorites. Yeah, but um, I, I don't also think... Also a, uh, a past Funderburk. I don't think we've talked about Derek in a little while. Like, I think he could have a breakout season yeah he he was incredible in the bubble he was bombing threes he didn't he made like seven threes in a single game i think in the bubble right um i believe his hair is is as big uh, as big as it's ever been um so i think he's uh yeah he's ready uh once he's healthy um a couple of three-point bombers that got picked later in the round duncan robinson and davis bertans back to back kind of had my eye on those guys because uh, three-point percentage is a stat of course in our league um I like the Alfred Payton book uh, pick by uh, by Fresh Kicks. I feel like he could have a big year running the point in the garden. And then you went with Boyan, um, who I feel like is was kind of like slept on. Um, but that's a guy that's an easy like 20 points per game, which is yeah. pretty yeah. much impossible to come by this late in I, the draft. I didn't understand how he was there. Uh, and uh, admittedly, he was not someone that was on my radar. And then I just looked at it and was like, wait, what is he doing here? He's not supposed to be here. Like he, yeah. he, uh, he's too good to be this available this late. So he was just someone that I selected not based on, uh, you know, prepping. I, I didn't prep to take him. Um, but sure. like I said before, sometimes like the game and the draft sort of dictates what your decisions are. And he, it was just kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, well, if he's here, then, this is just the pick I have to make, even though I have needs elsewhere. Like I can, I can find those needs later. I have to take this because it's right. In yeah. Front of you got to take what's given to you. Yeah. yeah for so sure. I'm excited about Bogdanovich. And then, uh, with the next pick in the ninth round, uh, I took Nerland's Noel center for the Knicks. Which so I have was both the Knicks. second most painful, uh, uh, experience of the, of this draft for me after, uh, losing DeJounte, oh. that Nerlens pick, man, yeah. I, uh, I was like all over him. Yeah. I was just like, he's so, he was ranked so low in the, uh, oh. you know, in the ESPN rankings. I was like, Oh, no one's paying any attention to this guy. I'll just snag him in like, you know, round nine or 10. No problem. Yeah. So Um, I think this is like a recurring theme for me and this year and maybe like a piece of advice I would share to anyone listening who's like a fantasy basketball fan, which I assume you are if you've made it to this point in our, in our episode. But like, (laughs) I think, uh, we sometimes get sort of bogged down by like ideas about like starting and backup and it, it, none of that stuff matters. Like you should just focus on like, just focus on production and minutes so, mm-hmm. and, and, and really minutes are often a good indication of what production could be. And so I looked at the Knicks, I looked at the Knicks centers, what, regardless of who starts or who ba- or who's the backup as both being potentially very productive players and very actually similar players stylistically, um, both like very much defensive centers, rim runners, um, people that block shots, and they're kind of defense first, like kind of like glass cleaners, and um, yeah, gar- garbage men. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's been a lot of hype about uh, Mitchell Robinson because he's this you know young, tantalizing prospect. And if we're being fair about Mitch, part of the I feel like part of the uh, hype that 
Nick fans in particular get so excited about with him is his value, which very sadly mm. is actually about how little money he makes. So when yeah. people talk about like, Mitch, isn't he great? Like we, we have him for $2 million. Can't you believe, like, isn't that incredible? It's like, well, I mean, yes, that's an advantage, but, um, so I, I think sometimes something that gets lost is that like, yes, he's a very valuable player in terms of his production per dollar, but, um, Noel is like a, a similarly, uh, frankly, like Mitch is, I don't want to say Mitch is an aspiring Noel and mm. I, and I wouldn't say Noel is aspiring to be Mitch, but they're very similar players in, in terms of like the, sure. the sort of things that they do. So I was excited about the idea of having them both on my team, knowing that they would both, uh, you know, when one has an off night, theoretically, the other one should be able to pick up the slack. So if one guy, I mean, it's probably like the best handcuff in the policy. entire league. Cause yeah. everyone's like freaking out. Oh, is yeah. Thibodeau going to give Mitch like 23 minutes a game? But guess what? If he does, I have the other guy. Rest those minutes. 30. Yeah, yeah. The other guy. Yeah. And here's, here's a hot take. I'm going to, I'm going to throw out there for you, Chris. My hot take is that, Nerlens Noel finishes the season with higher value than Mitchell Robinson. That's my hot take. Yeah. He may not get as, get as many I, minutes. Um, I don't think it's that but, hot of a take. I, I like I I've been telling people. I told Matt Hobby, our friend. I was like, I think I'm, I'm watching all these preseason games with the Knicks, and I'm reading Thibodeau's like language, body language, and what he says in the media. Like he's probably going to start Noel because Noel is if we're being honest, the better player right now, like he's more polished. It, it, it's not that yeah. Mitch, Mitch of course has like a higher upside. He's younger. I get it. He he doesn't make a lot of money. So like people get very excited about those things, but in terms of, you know, Tom Thibodeau is obsessed with winning. He carry like uh, one thing I've learned about him specifically in this off season is like the only thing that he is uh, faithful to is 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 winning. So people are like, oh, he's not going to play the kids. He's only going to play the old guys. It's like, trust me, if the kids are good enough to win, he'll play them. And if the and if the older guys are the ones that will get the win, he'll play them. Like he, I don't mm-hmm. really think he is like hell bent on any sort of age. The only thing he's trying to do is win games. Um, he only so, sees one letter and that is W. Yeah, man. So I think, um, <laughs> I think, and by the way, I think it's going to be really good for Mitch. I, 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 have, I already feel like in the preseason, if you watch games one, two, three, and four, he already seems more locked in and focused because you can tell he's pissed. Like he seems yeah. like he's like, he seems pissed that he's not the starting center. And it's like, well, if you want to be the starting center, like go take steal the position from Noel. Like you, sh- you yeah. could you could do it, man. Like you could play as well, if not better than him. And now I think there's a chance that Noel uh, that Mitch might be the starting center at the beginning of the season. Anyways, yeah, it doesn't really matter here or there. Um, I'm glad that I have both guys. I love that I get to watch both of these guys. They're really yeah, I'm very they're, jealous. They're really fun players. And uh, by the way. The Knicks are fun. The Knicks are going to be really, really fun this year. 
And um, basketball is back in the garden, folks. Basketball you heard it here is first. <laughs> basketball is back. They are wearing. You thought it was already hats. back, but no, 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 no. They're, it hasn't. It was not back before, but now, now it's it is finally back. back. They're wearing the hard yes. hats. They're doing all the work. Yep, we've been waiting for this moment for twenty plus years, but it has finally arrived. Basketball is in fact. They're slapping back the, the hardwood. They're do- yeah, yeah. They're yep. doing everything. All right. Um, Touching glass. Anything else in either of these rounds, eight or nine, that caught your eye? Uh, I know OG Ananobi is a guy that a lot of people were talking about as like a sleeper, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he went uh, right before my pick in round nine. Um, but I was pretty happy with who fell to me there, um, which is uh, Wendell Carter Wendell Jr., Carter, um, yeah. who, you know, had a rough uh, year last year. He was banged up, kind of injured most of the season. But, you know, he's another kind of like Triple J type guy where if he's once he's healthy and kind of like gets some consistency going, I feel like he could be uh, be poised for a big breakout. He's kind of the only one in the front court there in Chicago um, besides, uh, you know, Markinen, who's really not like a, a paint presence. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for Wendell. Um, I don't have super high hopes. I'm going to just kind of like it'll be like one of those things, you know, it's round nine. If he if he works out, great. If not, no biggie. I can cut him loose uh, or trade him. Um, and then, uh, yeah, not, uh, not too much else to discuss here. Mikhail Bridges is a guy that I had my eye on. He got sniped a few, uh, few picks before me. Um, but, uh, yeah, mostly was just, uh, reeling after that, that Noel pick. That one really threw me for a loop. Um, and, uh, was not, was not happy about it, but, um, but, you know, we'll see. Maybe, hopefully it'll, it'll all work out. All right, let's look um, real quick at the last three rounds and just give yeah, me we can blow through these. one or two guys that kind of caught your eye where it's like, wow, this guy got drafted or like, wow, that guy could pop. That's really interesting. Uh, I saw that you took Chris Boucher. I was like, oh man, that's awesome. Uh, he was a guy that I had my eye on, uh, power forward for the Raptors. You took him in the 11th round. That's, I thought that was a really cool pick. Um, anything else that you yeah, saw? Yeah, I like the, I like, like the, that's the Boucher pick as like a, a flyer. I think he's a guy that got overhyped and probably overdrafted, but this was our second to last round. And I was like, well, he's there. Um, you know, there's a 20% chance he actually lives up to the hype. Um, but maybe not. Maybe he gets like, you know, 18 minutes a game, uh, from Nick nurse and, you know, doesn't do all that much. Um, but, uh, but you know, he's got that potential. Um, he's fun to watch. He's, you know, definitely a Larry type of guy, a lot of, a lot of blocks, a lot of boards. Um, pretty good percentages so uh yeah we'll see you know again just kind of a you know it'll be a, it'll be a bonus if, if if he uh pans out i grabbed norman powell in round round uh 12 no i guess round 10 uh yeah um who i i'm also not expecting huge things from um I think he had a really good year last year, benefiting from lots of injuries in Toronto, um, which if that doesn't happen again, you know, he might just be like a 20, 22 minutes a night kind of guy, um, kind of just a little scorer off the bench. So, um, but if he, you know, grows into a bigger role and maintains, again, those very, very good shooting percentages at that point in the draft, I don't think I'd draft like a single shooting guard because um, I'd find uh, shooting guard and small forward to be the most uh, useless positions in basketball. Um, if I had my way, I would only draft point guards and centers. But uh, unfortunately, we are required to uh, fill out a, a full roster uh, with all five positions. So, uh, so Powell was like my like, okay, fine, if you really insists i'll i'll grab a shooting guard here with my third to last pick yeah same uh i i filled out my 
shooting guard and small forward spots at the end of the draft. I took Tim Tim Hardaway Jr. And, <laughs> it's so funny that we did the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, and Torian Prince. Um, they're tricky. Yeah, I like man. Hardaway Jr. a lot. Yeah, yeah he's going to be. They're tricky positions to fill, like because there's just like a lot. They of, like usually hurt you more than they help you. Yeah, there's just a lot of redundancy. I find so it, it's kind of like well, you're either taking who like Kevin Durant or. Uh, you know, if if you're looking at small forwards, you're either taking like Kawhi or Paul George, or you know, it's like, well, Will Barton's here. You know, <laughs> like right. <laughs> and and by the way, Will Barton is a is a fine player, like a perfectly fine player. Um, so yeah, he actually that was a that was a really good pick. I kind of oh, uh, am I, mad that I I sort of let him slip past me. I feel like I should have grabbed he, him. He went the pick before me. Uh, I I really wanted Will Barton. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So um. Yeah, it's one of those positions that, that's hard to fill. Uh, I think yeah. we can wrap it up here, Ben. Um, I think we we've uh, really canvassed the entire the entire draft. Uh, it's gonna be a fun <sighs> yeah, we season. had we just did we did what we had to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's yep. one of those things where um, uh, yeah, you just uh, you have to you have to do justice. Um, I will say my last pick, I grabbed Jonathan Isaac, um, even though he's obviously not going to play the entire season. Of course. Um, as a reminder, I will no longer have Nikola Jokic as my keeper next year. So I literally like needed. He's just going to sit on my IR the entire season. Um, I hope I can withstand other injuries without dropping him. Um, but I literally needed him as like a reason to is like like a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, because otherwise, I probably would have no reason to continue playing uh, fantasy basketball uh, past this year. But. Uh, but now I, I at least have Jonathan there as a as a potential you know future light. All right, man. Well, this was a lot of fun. Uh, happy holidays to you and your family, and we will uh, talk to you next week as uh, the NBA season continues to unfold here. That's right, Chris. I uh, hope you had a great Christmas, and um, you know New Year's is uh, is just a day or, day or two away. So uh, you know don't don't party too hard. Yeah. Um, stay safe. Stay healthy. And uh, and best of luck out there. I uh, I don't know when our uh, our first matchup against each other is, but uh, we'll have to give be our good. Uh, yeah we'll have to give our listeners a little update when that happens. All right, my friend, a pleasure as always, and also see you in hell. Send me a postcard, Ben. You've been listening to Switch. 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 Switch.